and welcome to The Reinventors, a show about changing careers, about taking a leap. I'm journalist Claire Wiley, and each episode I speak to people who change jobs in a big way. Some quit the corporate grind to follow their creative passion. Others turn their side hustle into a full-blown company. You'll hear how they find the clarity, the courage, and the cash to reinvent themselves. This episode, I'm speaking to Saffron Finch. She worked as a corporate lawyer in London for 10 years, but the job got more and more stressful, and in her early 30s, she told me it was unlivable. So she quit. She took some time off, started to rebuild her life, and figure out what she really wanted from her career. These days, she runs an interior design business. We talked about how she dealt with burnout and why it's so important to find out what your values are in life. How did you initially decide to become a solicitor? What was your thinking when you were in school? Look, no one wakes up and dreams of being a lawyer. When we're, when we're being interviewed by these firms, of course we say that. <laughs> and, and that's what they want you to say. They want you to believe <laughs> that you have a passion for law. But that's just not the case with anyone, right? I decided to be a lawyer because thought it was interesting. I had done law at university and I had done law at university primarily because I realized that it was the path to a safe career with good prospects um, of promotion, fairly secure and would guarantee me a good income. And I read law at university. I did actually really enjoy reading law at university. And when you're reading law, I think in unlike other subjects where you are approached by lots of different employers in lots of different areas, law students tend to only really be approached by law firms. And so it never really occurred to me to look outside of law firms. And so then when you actually started working in law, when you became a solicitor, was it what you expected? Yes. I think they are very clear when you're looking at corporate law firms in London, they're very clear with you that it is long hours and they want people who know who know that and expect that and, and, and expect to work hard. And to be honest, it wasn't any different from what I expected. I, I was a lawyer, private equity lawyer for 10 years. And I think for me, I always thought that as I got more senior, I would have more control and it would get better. And, you know, once you hit partnership, you know, you get paid a decent amount of money, you do a lot more client stuff and, and that would almost be the reward, right? You do your time and then you'd be a partner. And I think that was the case in the 80s. I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think um, more and more you work, you work just as hard as you're more senior, you get paid more money for it. And to a certain extent, you do have more control and you have a team that, that you know, you call the shots and, and they work with you. But equally, you're then just subject to a different master. You'll you have more direct contact with the client and the hours are just as demanding. And so in that respect, as I got more senior, I realized that it wasn't what I thought it would be. And I realized after a while that I had built a life that was not compatible with what I wanted and who I was as a person and, and what my values were. 
So what was the point then that you realized that? How did you come, what, what was going on in your work life that you thought, actually, this can't last, this isn't sustainable? I think it was really gradual, to be honest. There wasn't a, a sort of eureka moment. I had been working for long hours for many years. I was conscious more and more that I was unhappy, that I was working too hard, that I wasn't doing anything that I enjoyed. I was cancelling plans, not making plans, constantly felt exhausted, ill from the long hours and the stress. And I think constantly more and more disillusioned as well with the with the sort of corporate world and sort of how it works and hierarchy and promotions and you know the hashtag me too movement and all of that was was very much on my mind and then two years ago my grandmother died and she was a huge inspiration and a really good friend of mine and we would talk every day and of all the members of my family I was definitely the closest with her and she died suddenly and unexpectedly and it just really put into perspective for me how short life is and I'd been saying to myself uh, already at that point for several years one day I'll start my own business one day one day and when she died it suddenly occurred to me that that day was never going to come unless I started doing something about it and it took me another two years to leave the law. And for me, it just got to the point where more and more every day, I was thinking, I just don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm too stressed. I'm exhausted. I feel ill. Um, and I think when something is uncomfortable, it's really easy to continue on with it. It's when something just becomes untenable and unlivable that you're forced into making a change and that's what happened with me I had just gotten to the point where I just needed it to be over and actually without sounding really depressive about it I'd gotten to the point where it needed to end whether that was by quitting or killing myself it was going to end and so I took a two-week holiday, which turned into a three-week holiday, which just turned into a six months off work. And luckily, by that point, my work had realised. I tried to talk to them about it before, and I just they just weren't taking taking things seriously. And I think at that point, they realised, okay, whoops, we've really dropped the ball here, and we haven't, you know, we've we've not looked after this employee. And so they were very good at that point, having caused the issue with it. They were then very good. Um, at looking after me after that point and it was during that time off it took me several months to calm down and and to stop being so anxious and so stressed and it was during that time off that I realized how much I enjoyed life when corporate law was not in it it took a few months to really unplug from that reality and 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 just calm down enough to to start considering other options and then it was again another few months before i decided on a direction and i was really lucky at this point because my work were really supportive you know they let me have that time but i think that's key when you're looking at 
a career change you're not just changing your career you're you're changing your entire identity or perhaps more 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 accurately you're changing your career to align with your identity that you may just be just discovering or rediscovering and that is a huge shift in mindsets in values you're not just changing what you do on a day-to-day basis you're you're changing your life to realign with who you are or who you realize you you are and so how did you in that time in that time that you were away and you started to get the space to realize what your identity and what your values might be when did the first inkling of interior design come to you i have always loved furniture and interior design and when i even when i was a lawyer my my haven was to go home and and plan what i was going to do with my living room and to look for furniture it took me years to furnish my flat exactly the way that i wanted to and i would spend all day every day at the weekend just doing that however i had never considered it as a realistic prospect for employment just because it had been drummed into me that you know being a lawyer was a good job and you earned lots of money and that was a safe career path and interior design was far less lucrative and there are lots of people doing it and therefore that's a terrible idea as a as a new business or a or a a new job but the more I thought about it the more I just couldn't deny that that was the only thing that I really wanted to do. While I had my time off, I signed up for lots of different things, everything from one day workshops, evening workshops to I did a a horse riding course. I love horses. Um, And I also did a startup accelerator. We had to show up with an idea and I didn't really know. I didn't really have an idea. I just showed up with, I want to do, and I want to, to set up my own interior design business. And, and part of that course was also just figuring out, bottoming out that idea and, and who are you going to be as a business and what are you going to do? And as part of that, you know, and even since then I've shifted and I'm now focusing on my own range of furniture. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think a lot of what, when I was looking at, you know, how on earth to change career, I would spend a lot of time looking for other people who'd done it and I found it really hard to find other people who'd done it and certainly other people who'd done it who'd come from the city and gone on to do something totally different and something creative I found that difficult so the way that I went on to discovering other people who were going through something similar was by doing these kind of accelerators I met on that course lots of other people from lots of different walks of life and lots of different Um, professions and with a lot of them I had nothing in common but there was one thing that we all had in common and that was we were all there because we wanted to make a change we were all there because we wanted to do something that was more fulfilling we all wanted to change the way that we were living our lives and to do work that mattered more to us and at the time that I did that course, I was really lost, as was everyone else on that course. And that was great to find people who we might be going in all different directions, wanting to do all different kinds of things, careers and businesses. And we might be very different people, 
but it was comforting to find other people who were as lost as I was and who wanted to make a change as badly as I did. It's an incredibly brave thing to do. I mean, especially leaving a job like law, as you say, that's considered to be stable, respectable, well-paid. I mean, when it came down to it, when it came down to actually leaving, how did you find the courage and the kind of confidence to do that, to actually quit? It took a long time to pluck up the courage and the confidence. I had been thinking about leaving law for years. (laughs) I then had six months off. I then returned in a part-time role to the law firm, but in a different capacity. And I think I found the courage in two ways. One, I took the time to really figure out what my values were and what was important to me and how I wanted to live. And one should not underestimate how long that takes to figure out. And so when the time came, I was very clear on what mattered to me. And I realized that actually the money, the security and the power that comes from a high flying corporate law career did not matter to me anywhere near as much as I thought it did. And I realized that what really mattered to me And I realized what my three values are freedom and autonomy, authenticity and honesty and happiness. And those three values, you know, autonomy is not compatible with a corporate law career where you are expected to be available 24-7 and work all the hours. And I'm not very good with politics. I am really a very honest person. And so... You know, there were people at the at the, the top level in the law firm who loved me for my honesty. Um, and there were people there who hated me for my honesty because I just don't play games. And I think if something's not working, I'll say it. And it dawned on me just how incompatible <laughs> with my values and who I was as a person corporate law was. Corporate law is all about tradition and hierarchy and politics. and making money that's corporate law and so when the time came I was really clear on my values and so actually it wasn't the closer I got to that point it became much less terrifying and it got to the point where actually I just wanted to leave so I could go and start living the life that I now knew that I wanted to have I think the other way that I overcame the fear was also by working with a coach and I cannot stress this enough this was absolutely crucial I worked with an executive coach who does many things from resilience training through to leadership training. But one thing she also does is work with people to help them find out, discover who they are and do things that matter more to them. And she was an inspiration. And actually in my entire career, I'd never met anyone that I thought okay, you're my role model. I want to have the life that you've got and I want to be like you. I'd never met anyone in corporate law, male or female, that I felt that about. But this coach, I finally found someone that I felt I could look up to and aspire to be more like. And she was really helpful because she, we worked together to find out more about who I was. So we formulated three questions 
who am I, what do I want and where am I going? Because I didn't know the answers to those questions. And that was ultimately, I think, the root of my um, malcontent in, in, in law is that I didn't know who I was or what I wanted or where I was going. All I knew is that this existence was not working for me. And so we did a lot of work around what are my values? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do I care about? What do I derive satisfaction from? What am I good at? And she challenged me on my assumptions. She was a third party who wasn't at all invested in the decision. I think this is important. It's really easy to talk to friends or other colleagues about your career change. But ultimately, I think working with a coach was really valuable because she was entirely independent and her only interest was to make sure that I made the right decision for me. I think a combination of taking the time out of work, finding a coach and a role model were absolutely crucial in, in finding the confidence to, to make that career change. And so that process of really kind of rediscovering what your identity actually was and what you really valued, how long did that take? So from the moment I took time off work through to the moment I sort of officially left my employer and, and started setting up my business full time, it was about a year. I worked with the coach for about eight or nine months intensively. I think one of the thing that made the biggest difference was taking that time and taking that time out of work because you can't make a decision when you're really stressed. Um, your decision making is impaired and, you know, to discover who you are, you can think about it till the cows come home, but there comes a point at which you're not really going to discover who you are until you start actually just trying new things, getting out of your comfort zone sign up for courses, do some traveling, meet some new people, network in different areas, um, really explore and just meet other people. And you may go down a route that you find, actually, this really doesn't work for me. And, you know, or, or you may, you may find something unexpected and you, you go to a course that you really enjoyed and it sends you down a whole different route. But I think it was, it was taking that time to figure out before you make a career change and, and, and quit your job and start something else, you really need to know who you are so that you can then find a career that fits well with who you are as a person and how you want to live your life. Now that you have launched your business, you know, you're in the early stages of this new business, House Porter. Have there been any moments so far where you thought, oh, actually being a lawyer has prepared me quite well for this? Have there been any points of overlap that maybe surprised you? Yes. So I think attention to detail is obviously a skill that is very important in law, but actually in design as well. And I'm a very detail-oriented person, and I think the detail makes the difference between bad design and great design. It's, it's all in the detail. I think the other skill that's been very useful is organization and professionalism, which sounds, which sounds silly, but actually, as a corporate lawyer in London, 
the clients that you deal with are sophisticated and extremely demanding. They're paying the law firm an absolute fortune in legal fees. They can afford to be very pernickety. They want what they want. They want it on unreasonable timescales and they're paying for that privilege. And coming from that background, I am used to demanding clients and I have high standards professionally because of that background and I'm unfazed by demanding suppliers, clients and professional relationships. And one thing that I have been frustrated by is that in a totally different area, people have totally different professional standards. And so going in at the top end, high end luxury interior design and furniture, the clients are equally demanding there as well. It's a different industry, but they're also very demanding. I think that has stood me in good stead. And as someone who went through, you know, a really difficult thing, especially towards the end of your law career, extreme stress and burnout, where do you stand now on kind of work-life balance that you have your own business? Or do you kind of feel, because this is really your passion and it really aligns with your values, that you're willing to kind of put the time in no matter what it takes? Uh, Well, I always have to check myself because I am by nature, a bit of a workaholic. And if left to my own devices, I will just work away and (laughs) and do nothing else but work. Um, But every time I start going down that road, I take a step back and think, no, I quit law for a reason. And that was to have a better life. And it was to enjoy myself more and see people and have relationships and do things that I enjoy. So I absolutely do and will work my socks off on it. But there is no point if I'm not also enjoying life and meeting people and building new relationships and having fun. I left to be happier. So um I think as an entrepreneur, it's always really easy to not have that work-life balance, right? Because you are in control and no one will tell you to work or not work. And so you can work as much or as little as you want. So I think it's about finding the balance that works for you. Like I, I work very hard, but within certain parameters and if I want to work at the weekend then that's great and I often do work at the weekend but then it might mean that you know during the week on an evening I'll see my friends then instead it's about I think you have to be very clear on on what you want from your career and why you're leaving one career to start another and then to keep checking in with yourself is what you're doing working is how you're living your life working better for you is this how you want it what what you were expecting And it's much easier to make incremental changes than it is to start all over again. What has been the most difficult part then of launching a new business? Hmm. I think I'm always going to be, I love to have the answers and I love to be in control. And the unknown for me is quite difficult. So, um, I'm still designing collections and, and, and prototyping. So we haven't launched to the outside world yet. And I'm finding that I don't have all the answers 
yet as to who my business is. I'm discovering that and I'm, you know, no doubt, obviously, by the time we launch to the outside world, I will know all of the answers, but it takes time to come up to find those answers. And that uncertainty and not having the answers I find frustrating and mildly terrifying. <laughs> you mentioned towards the beginning that no one really aspires to a law career necessarily, right. or they're not really passionate about it. Now, I studied law at university, and I think yeah. I was incredibly naive. I really just thought it would be like a cross between Ally McBeal or kind of fighting for human rights at the UN. <laughs> Do you think more needs to be done to kind of educate students and young people about what a career in law, what a life as a lawyer is actually like? I, I don't know. I think I, to be clear, it, I did love my law degree. And I actually do, I still, when people ask me law questions all the time, as a lawyer, they just assume you know everything about every aspect of law, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I I still enjoy the the law itself and practicing. It was the way that it was practiced in the city that I did not enjoy. And I think think the system um, and the way that law is practiced in the city is broken and toxic. I think people are more alive nowadays to the reality of practicing law. And, and let's face it, practicing law, sort of a regional law firm where there are more structured hours and it's nine to five. And, you know, that is the expectation of the client. It's the expectation of the, of the law firm. That is absolutely fine. I think it's in the city where the expectation is very much that you work all the hours but to be clear you are compensated financially you are well compensated Mm -hmm. for that reality Mm -hmm. and the law firms themselves try to make very clear that that what you're signing on for and in fact if someone shows up for interview and they either seem like they don't want to work that hard or like they don't know that they will be working all the hours then Law firms don't like that. They want you to know what you're getting into. I think I think it's difficult. Every year, law firms are having to pay people more and more money because the expectations in terms of hours and workload and stress are more and more ridiculous. And I think there will come a crunch point where it is just untenable. But until every law firm decides that they are going to practice law in a more humane manner and until they all decide that they're going to tell the clients no sorry you can't have this in this extremely tight time frame no one's going to do it so I think the reality is it's probably not going to get better and they will continue to pay people insane amounts of money and don't get me wrong for a lot of people that works Mm -hmm. I think it works until it really doesn't work and I think there are a lot of people who are trapped in that they might enjoy law, but they don't enjoy the way that it's practiced, but equally they are hooked on the money and maybe they have several houses, a wife who likes to spend money, kids who go to private school, cars they can't afford, and suddenly they can't leave or they can't leave without sacrificing all of that and they don't want to. 
So I don't think it's necessarily that we need to educate people about what they're signing on for. I think fundamentally law firms need to change the way that they uh, do business. And I'm not sure that will ever happen. And that was why I left because nothing's going to change and it's certainly not going to change within a time frame that was going to work for me. <laughs> well, if you had your time over, would you do anything differently? You know, would you make the same decision at 16, 17? You know, I think maybe I would. Um, I try not to look back and think, do I regret being a lawyer just because that's pointless and you're not going to be able to change the past anyway. I learned a lot as a lawyer. I learned a lot of skills that are transferable. And let's face it, I wouldn't have had the money to start my own luxury interior design and furniture business had I not been a lawyer for a few years beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I would have made the same decision probably. People are always surprised by this because I have a very British accent, but I grew up in a household that actually we earned no money. My dad was unemployed and has been unemployed for 30 years. My mum earns £10,000 a year as a high school librarian. Um, my grandma made up financially and my mother was always really um, worried about money, putting food on the table. Our house was always freezing because we didn't have enough money to put the heating on. Mm. Um, and so as a kid, I grew up thinking, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to go be a lawyer and earn lots of money because I want to shop in Marks and Spencers <laughs> and do my food shop in Marks and Spencers and not care how much, food, how much the food bill is going to be. And I want to be able to put my heating on in August if that's what I want to do. And that really, for me, was... That, that was really the extent of the thinking. I want to earn lots of money so that I can put my heating on in August and have enough food. <laughs> so, and I went and did that. Yeah. I don't regret it, but I might have quit earlier. I think maybe that is my one, I hesitate to say regret, but um, I think maybe I should have left five years before. Right. Well, finally then, Saf, what would your one piece of advice be for anyone else who's looking to launch a business or to, to change their career? I think, can, can I give several pieces of advice? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I think the number one would be to take the time. And by take the time, I mean actually take time off work, whether that is by resigning and just taking some time out completely before you go on to to your next thing or whether that is just taking um a sabbatical but you can't it's really hard to think about your next career whilst you're still buried in your old career um i think for me it was really important to find role models to look up to and find out how other people have done it. Finding other people on your wavelengths is really helpful. I cannot overstate how much having a coach helped me. And I think that is the, is the, is besides taking the time out to think about it, the, having a coach was 
absolutely the thing that made the biggest difference to me during the whole process. And finding out, don't just think about, okay, what job do I want to do? I think you need to go deeper than that and think, okay, before I even get to thinking about what career I want to do, I think you need to think, who am I? And what do I want? And what are my values and my principles? What are my non-negotiables in terms of lifestyle and, and life and how I want to live my life and who I want to be as a person? And only when you know the answers to those questions can you think sensibly about, okay, now what career do I want to do? Thanks for listening to this episode of The Reinventors. If you enjoyed it, subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts.